Welcome to Into the Magic, a podcast where we explore the human experience and come away with perspectives that we can take and integrate into our daily lives. Let's get into the magic. I'm your host, Sess. And I'm Katie. And we are back in front of the mics after taking about a month off at this yeah, point. Yeah, hiatus. We were, we were taking a little hiatus. Yeah. And the last recording we did, mine didn't save properly, so we couldn't edit it or release it. And so uh, I guess it just wasn't meant to, to be heard. Yeah. Yes, we were just kind of meant to let go of that. <laughs> I think it was about like anger or something like, like it was about something that probably just needed to be let go. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like maybe neither of us were in a very good mood and we're just like, (laughs) I think that was the episode where I was angry. Yeah. (laughs) I think you were angry. You were working through some stuff. Yeah, I was. Anger's not a comfortable, anger is, yeah, anger is not an emotion that I like deal with often. And so I'm not that well versed in it. Yeah. So it it was like trying on a new suit. You're like trying to figure out like, oh, what is this feeling that I'm feeling? Yeah. It's very uncomfortable. And I think that this would be a good time to talk about it because I think that, and maybe you can relate to this, uh, we both got like sober at a young age and stopped drinking and using and entered rehab and like started going to therapy and self-help groups and 12-step groups and all this stuff, basically learning or teaching us, here's what an emotion is. <laughs> like, here's how you yeah. deal with it. Yeah. And I know that the reason why I loved drinking and using so much was because I didn't have to feel that negativity or those negative emotions. And so when they come up like as an adult, it's still this foreign object in my body that's like, what what is going on? How do I deal with this? Yeah. I mean, because like, I know for me, I'm well-versed in emotions like sadness and grief Mm. and depressive sort of things Yeah, and all of that. And that, because that's the state that I was at. And so I worked very hard to sort of process those things. I know that, that darkness very well. Anger, like I don't really, it's not really in my nature. I'm fiery, but it's not in my nature to get angry, like super angry or frustrated like that. But um, so it was, you know, it's something that I have worked with before, but it was a really interesting way that it came up for me and trying to sort of feel into how to let it pass, like how to let it be, you know? And I mean, the conclusion of that for me was the reason the anger and the frustration was staying is because I was in my head and my intellect Mm -hmm. telling myself, you know, Katie, you shouldn't be feeling this way because you know better. You know that to get beyond this, like you have to let people do what they're going to do and make the choices they're going to make. And intellectually, I knew all of that. And then I was adding shame to it of being like, you know this and why aren't you here? You know this and why aren't you here? And I kind of had this realization like, oh, I just, you know what? I just need to feel it and not judge myself and just feel it. Like feel angry at the person or situation, feel frustrated at it so that it can pass through in that wave of emotion. And then I can come to that place of acceptance and understanding. But when you're in the middle of the emotion, you cannot come to it, especially if it's gotten hold of your like somatic physiology, right? Like your body feeling. You you got to just let it pass. Part of working through and processing emotions is like accepting the fact that we're actually feeling this way to begin with. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that we're human and it's okay yeah. to have emotion. I mean, that's something that... It's more than okay. <laughs> yeah. I know. I was talking about this the other day. Um, a person that I know is, is going through some hard stuff and he, we were, I was joking we were talking about this idea of attachments and he's like, yeah, you know, I have so many attachments and it's like, yeah, but the goal shouldn't be non-attachment. I I mean, in Buddhism, that's the goal is to not be attached to these sort of things. But, you know, there is, and we were were laughing, he's like, yeah, there's even an identity and an attachment in (laughs) non-attachment. And of course, right, that's spiritual ego. And, And then I start, I was processing this more and more and it's like, well, I... I am a human being. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason I chose to be here as a human being is 
to experience those emotions and those things and those attachments and really just evolve in better relationship to them rather than think that I need to be unattached because we're humans. As humans, we have attachment. My goal is to not be non-human. <laughs> right. I chose to be human. I'm here. Yeah, to be yeah. non-human is for me to like pass into the spirit realm. And I'm not there. I'm not interested in that yet. No. You know? So at the same time that I'm striving for to not have these emotions, to not have these attachments, I also have to accept that I am human and I am me and figure out a relationship to these things mm-hmm. and to myself in order to like be at peace with it. You know? Yeah. What I hear is just lifting the pressure off of yourself to be a perfectly evolved human being who just (laughs) moves so quickly through anything. I had a similar experience with, I went to a new moon circle and I was was talking to the facilitator afterwards, who's so beautiful. And I was saying how I'm about eight months out of a very hardcore ending of a relationship. And I was like, I can't believe I still have these certain feelings around this person and this experience. And she's like, give yourself like a year before you even start trying to like, yeah, Yeah. because it's uh, so much of it is this judgment and shame that I'm pressure that I'm holding over myself of, okay, why are you still feeling that? Or why are you still thinking about that? You should be evolved and you should be moving forward and you should be gone to the next phase of your life and blah, blah, blah. And having her say, why don't you just like give yourself a year? It was like, really? (laughs) I I feel like I'm like just supposed to be like moving through stuff and like, you know, processing, processing, processing. And then when you put so much on yourself, when you're on the schedule of your nervous system and healing and trauma, it's not helpful to be putting yourself in a box of when you should be healed or, you know, when you should have already worked through an emotion, right? I mean, that's no, that's spiritual. That's spiritual ego, right? It's like, I think I should be here. Yeah. And then it's, but it's kind of the opposite, right? Like sometimes people can get into spiritual materialism, spiritual ego, and not even look at themselves in that capacity. Mm -hmm. But instead you're doing what I do, which is I know that I can be here. Mm -hmm. Why am I right here right now? And it's this like lack (laughs) of acceptance about where I'm at. It's acceptance. Accept the fact that you still feel this way, that you have like not moved through it with the most speed. Because I think that's it. It's like the speed thing. Yeah. Time takes time. It does. And sometimes space is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Like it really is. I mean, and letting it breathe, let the, let the emotion breathe, let it have space. Yeah. Express itself. Yeah. You get to feel the full spectrum of it versus like hindering yourself from feeling certain parts of it. You know, and of course we want to be in love and acceptance of people all the time, but especially with situations that are close to us, that can be very difficult to do immediately. Yeah. Like, and I don't know that anyone can be there just like immediately accept a situation that's not great be it with a partner, a friend, a family member, if they've never done it before. Like you have to go through this messy stuff yeah. to do it. And each relationship brings out underlying elements and they become mirrors for like what we also need to look at. So I don't know, for me to be like, to, to immediately enter a situation with complete acceptance is of course ideal, but also <laughs> is there growth in that? Yeah. I don't know. That's, you know, like, is there growth in just, well, I completely accept that as it is, or is that just a static state? I think that's static. I think that that's bypassing. That's not actually. It can often be. Yeah. And so it's not a sign of, you know, a stunted growth or anything. It's just, we have needed to experience fully whatever we're going through in order to take a step. That's the only way through stuff. And it's, I think, I don't know that I can speak for you, but I know that sometimes in my background and like groups I've been in, there's a certain amount of shame. And to undo that and to just be like, okay, well, this is where I am. I've done the work around it. And I have to let go because I'm not feeling like relief. I'm not moving forward. And just like trusting that that's what you need to do. And sometimes inaction is, or rest, inaction and rest is the right thing to do for you. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. You just let it be as it is versus <laughs> yeah. like trying to like immediately ah, come up with some way to fix yes. it. Yeah. And that's like micromanage ability, it. Yeah. It's the ability to sit with discomfort. What is? Yeah. And I think there is something like at one point my goal was, well, I would struggle with this idea of if I'm 
detached, if I'm enlightened in a Buddhist sense of the word, do I have, how am I still human? How am I still having emotions? How am I still like, there is, in, there is joy and there is enjoyment. It's a really hard concept to even describe, right? Because when I've been in those states of sheer, sheer divine joy, it's like perfect and beautiful. Do I always want to be there though? I don't know. I think I came down here to have the full spectrum of human emotions. Katie is saying she came to earth to have the full spectrum. Yeah. Of, well, yeah. Not like <laughs> this chair. You know, those, you know those people, that the UFOs that they're talking about in the Senate? Yeah. Katie yeah, those are really, really, really <laughs> missing her family right now. I really am. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. It's, and it, how would you even know that moment of bliss and divine love and ecstasy if it were not for what you had been walking through the days or week before that led to that? Right. Yeah. It's like because because there are it's yin and yang, right? They're they're part they're part of the same thing. So mm-hmm. like suffering and non-attachment or joy are part of the same thing. Like they have to exist together. They're connected. And if we can see it as that, maybe it's better. Like I mean, not to go super meta, but I listened to a podcast called Hidden Brain that was um sent to me by a friend of mine. And they talked about addiction. It's a great, it's a great episode. And they talked about um, pain and pleasure and how pain and pleasure neurologically in the brain directly connect to one to one another. So when there is high pleasure, then our brain, she like represented them as like um, pain gremlins, like the the neurogremlins, the dopamine gremlins would hop on the pain side to bring balance to it. And we have to have that balance of pain and pleasure to actually like go and do things. Because if we only had pleasure, we would have no motivation to do anything else. So she's saying that things that maybe bring you pain, like more difficult things like maybe meditation or cold plunging or, you know, intuitive, like heightened forms of exercise, not addictive forms of exercise, can help push the, the pain scale up which means that the pleasure is going to come up as well because the pleasure oh. has to come up to balance it. How so it's cool. like they are one and the same thing. And part of it was just discussing how difficult it is in a world, the world that we live in where there's so much immediate gratification and ability for instantaneous pleasure to balance the pain and pleasure and to, she said we're actually like a lot more depressed than we've ever been. <laughs> Because there's so much pleasure that we get that the brain, the dopamine has to balance Yeah, with that. So that makes it's, a lot of sense. Yeah, and I think that emotions are that way too. Like they have to exist together to find that balance. Well said. And this isn't even our podcast topic. <laughs> no, it's not. And I'm going to bring up some other random thing really fast before we probably yeah, even please. start on it, which is my sister... <laughs> I saw, I was talking to my sister the other day and she was telling me that she read somewhere that the song (laughs) Drops of Jupiter by Train was written after the lead singer's mom had passed away and he had a dream about her. And so the whole song is this dream about meeting his mom and kind of what she said. So if you listen to it with that perspective, it's like, really beautiful and she there's this lyric because she made me like we listened to it and read the lyrics and there's this lyric about now that she's back it says now that she's back from that soul vacation yeah drifting away through the constellations or tracing her way through the constellations so now that she's back from that soul vacation tracing her way through the constellations and I was thinking about this experience of life as a soul vacation like if we could see life as our souls taking a vacation from the spirit world, like going like, you know what? I want to go experience this. I'm going to go on vacation. I'm going to go live this life. Isn't that fucking great? Like our, my soul is taking a vacation right now. And so all that I'm experiencing and have experienced and will experience is something that my soul chose to do for the experience of it. I love that. Yeah. Isn't that great? I, that's so cool. 
That reminds me of this thing I heard at this from this woman over the weekend, which was one day when you're back in the spirit world, you will long and miss the feeling of like stubbing your toes and like <laughs> crying in the bathroom because it, it's the whole experience of being a human is what it's about. It's not just, you know, the moments of radical bliss and just sheer no. ecstasy. It's all of it. Every single, every single moment, good and bad, the highs and the lows, that's what it is. Yeah. All of it. Because we don't get to experience this in the spirit world, even though some of it really doesn't, it, like it really sucks, you know? Yeah. We still don't get to experience it there. And so this is like yeah. new for us. This is where we grow. This is, we chose to be here, you know? Yeah. And I think that it's easier when you have that belief and mentality that it's like to not be so like freaking hard on yourself. Yeah. Too. Cause it's, this is just, this is a temporary experience. And am I going to spend it like, hating myself and shaming or like, harping on this one thing or these insecurities? And if I can let go of that, I can e- experience so many more moments of freedom. Yeah. For me, it's not only about feeling joy and happiness and connecting to that part of myself, but really feeling a sense of freedom. Yeah. That's That's been my experience of the past couple couple months of how beautiful that feeling inside of you is. I love that. Thanks. Thanks. That like kind of like perfectly leads us into what we were talking about. It wasn't planned that way, but we had recorded this episode about a year and a half ago around my birthday of 2022. And now that recording got lost or destroyed. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? But I really loved the concept of like connecting to the joy of being yourself. And I want to hear your experience too, Katie. I've like kind of spent so much of my time up until probably, I don't know how many years ago, maybe 10, where I was just going with the flow, doing activities that like my friends did or you know, hobbies that my friends were interested in and did not as wholly or fully explore what I enjoyed and who I was and what sparked my interest or what piqued my interest. I, the, so it's like the joy of being who you are and connecting more intentionally to that joy and also following the path where that takes you. Yeah. You know, I, um, I agree. And sort of learning to love some of these things about yourself too Mm -hmm. and finding joy in that. Like, for example, for me, I can be direct with things. I can be very honest and I give honest feedback. And, you know, I, I think I do a really good job of like doing it delicately, but a lot of people around me were like, you could be more delicate than you've been. Like, that was pretty harsh, you know? And for the longest time, I would sit there and think, all right, well, I need to be softer. I need to be softer. I need to be softer. But that's like also just not who I am, you know? So yes, maybe they can't always hear it, but why do I need to lessen myself so that they can? Maybe Mm -hmm. they're just not ready, you know? Or maybe we're just not meant to connect in that way. And I kind of... Like for in this regard, I, I got this idea from I, I get my Bazi read uh, every six months ish from a teacher and a mentor of mine who taught me feng shui. And in my Bazi chart, I am very, very fiery, like very fiery. And she always says like, no, don't stop trying to not be. That's who you are. You will get sick if you don't do that. Like you will not. It's not good for you if you're not honoring what your makeup is, like what your elemental makeup is, you know? And so of course I can try and be kind and I can really evaluate the situation and see like, is the person able to hear this? Is the person able to do these things? Is this necessary to share? Or is this like the right time to share it? Yes. But I'm not, I'm no longer trying to change my delivery of it. If that makes sense. It's like, I can evaluate who is and isn't ready for something or when, or when it isn't a good time, but yeah, I'm still going to say it the way I'm going to say it because that's, that's who I am, you know? And I can say that with confidence because for 17 years I have been taught and practicing looking deeply at how my actions and behaviors affect people. So this isn't coming from a place of not looking at myself and being like, well, you need to accept me because this is who I am. No, this is coming from 17 years of really figuring out is this 
this is maybe something that's just who I am and I should accept it and love it. It's a difference because there are a lot of people that you will hear that use that language as a manipulation tactic and and it, that's not what this is, <laughs> you know? And I think that embracing that part of you and not, it's not that you're saying like, I, I want to hurt your feelings or no. I'm like trying to be hard on you. It's like, you're just coming from a deeply honest place and it's authentic and true. Yeah. And it's not meant to hurt you. It is meant to help your relationship with that person and be a mirror to them of something they're not seeing. Exactly. Exactly. And and how you say things is very direct. It is very <laughs> forward. <laughs> And I'm not either of those things very well. (laughs) But I think by you embracing that, it shows me, okay, it's okay to like tell the truth and use my voice yeah, and be direct. Yes. Because I tend to be flowery. And that's the beautiful thing. I love that you brought that up because when you start to embrace the joy of being you, meaning like all of these things that are truly actually you... Yeah. That you have done, looked at and examined and are like, yes, this is me. This is something I like. This is something I don't. This is my personality. This is something that I picked up from a group of friends or from a family or from whatever. When you start to like honor your true being, how you are and how you're holding it shines differently. And it does allow other people to say, hey, you know what? Maybe I'm going to try that. Hey, you know what? Maybe I'm going to explore or expand in that way, or I'm going to be upfront, or I'm going to be direct, or I'm going to take time, you know, to myself. Like, Sess has really great boundaries. I mean, I know you think you don't sometimes, but I do love that you, I know that you joke that I your answer shocked. is, I know that you joke that your answer is always no first, it but I, lo- I love that because oftentimes, Like, sure, maybe you're like, all right, that could come into more balance or whatever. But that, like you being like, yeah, no, I don't want to do this. Or no, I'm not going to go here. Or I'm not going to stress about getting that, you know, doing this in that time frame. It also allows me who's like, sure, go, let's do this. Let's do that. To be like, yeah, wait, let me just think for a second. Do I want to do this? No, I don't actually. So no, I don't actually. (laughs) Yeah. And it's the same as you. It's come from like a really long time of saying yes to stuff I don't want to (laughs) do and doing that and hating it (laughs) to just be like, no, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Sound. That sounds terrible to me. And I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I mean, I try not to say that, but it, you know, sometimes it does happen, but it's just, I'm not going to do stuff anymore just to make you happier. Or if I think that our relationship is dependent on me doing, it's, it's a give and take, right? It's like, I, I have screwed myself out of like trying new things and exploring different things because of that. But if in my heart, I'm like, that's not for me, or I did that and I'm not enjoying it, I'm not going to do it again. And I don't want to know. The answer is no. The answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> and I, that's empowering for me because, yeah, it it allows it to also be no for me. Does that make sense? Like it allows yeah. me to go, oh, I love that she sits back and really examines, like, is this something I want to do? And then says no. And I get that. I I got this from our good friend Sarah, too, because she I'll does, be like, yeah. do you want to go do this? And she's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, damn. All right. <laughs> but then yeah. I'm also like... She's a like, Capricorn. <laughs> she is. And she's, she's a like, Capricorn. Yeah. But it, I I think that I know that for her, it just comes from a place of being, I'm tired or I'm not interested or it's not because I don't like you or I'm not, I don't <laughs> exactly. care about you. It's just, I'm not doing that. And see, and that's the other aspect of it too, that you also incorporate or have more recently is it's not, it's not an, yeah, it's not that they don't want to be around or spend time with you. It's yeah, actually that they're just not interested in that thing. Fine. Thank you for that honesty. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that because I have felt like I've had a very hard time with my boundaries and just like taking care of my myself in my own cup and making sure my cup is filled. I... And that I can give you what's overflowing and that I'm not depleted and drained. And 
It's interestingly enough, because it goes back to what we were talking about before, I used to go, when I spent time around certain people, it was so exhausting and draining and depleting. And I would come home and I would not leave my house for days. (laughs) And I would just be so devastated. Now... It's not the case. And I think so much of that has to do with acceptance. So it's not only acceptance of your own process, of your own feelings, but just other people. And the less that you fight with the reality of what that person is or what that emotion is, the easier and more ease your life has. And that's like fully coming into yourself. That's, I mean, I, I hear this all the time that like once you turn 40, like your, your gauge of giving a shit about things shifts drastically and I feel like I'm I'm there and I've been there for a couple years which I'm not 40 yet you know I'm close but I'm not and I'm grateful for that Uh, yeah I never thought I would get to the point where I'm just like I don't care what you fucking think of me I don't care I'm not doing that or yeah or I just I love myself and I'm okay in who I am and I'm gonna like have an amazing life thank you yeah You can like that or not, and that's fine because I'm over here in my lane doing my thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What does that mean? It's like it's like this big guy in a lagoon. Yeah, in a lagoon. Yeah. Moisturized, calm, and in my lane, thriving, thriving. nourished, moisturized. (laughs) In my lane. In my lane. Yeah. Yeah, Literally, and that's that's it. Like. Because that's part of the joy of being yourself is like knowing how to fill your own cup. And like you said, not giving any from the core essence of the cup, but only offering that which is overflowing. Yeah. Yeah. And being like a stickler about it. Like I'm just not, I mean, I recently went through a situation where it's just, I'm just not interested in engaging in that energy. I'm just Mm not. Yeah. Yeah. It's very clear, you know, and it doesn't mean that my actions and behaviors and thoughts and all of that are clear and figured out now, but I do know which direction I'm heading in with that dynamic. And that is powerful because I'm not trying to please anyone or make anyone happy or not make someone feel bad. It's what I, how I want to handle it in my life. I I used to read like that stuff in like Cosmo when I was like growing up. Just like <laughs> this is for your 20s, this is your 30s, and then like your 50s are apparently like supposed to be the best for your sex life or something. So, hopefully looking that. Looking forward to that. <laughs> we're really looking forward to that. Hopefully men are, you know, bringing it. I mean, if 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 anything is if today is telling of anything, I might be in tr- I might be having a crush on somebody who's like 17 years younger than me. <laughs> Not that young, but very young. Way well, too young for me. <laughs> you know what, Katie? You know what? We're just going with it. Yeah. Get yours. <laughs> yeah, we are. We are. What like feels good and feels right. We're grown women. We have the right to make our own decisions. Yes. And yeah. not have shame around that. Right. And so that's kind of what we're talking about, right? Is this gets to be you like you get to have this as a phase of exploration for you about who you are. I mean, it's kind of if you guys remember the movie Runaway Bride, where she kept running away from getting married and every person that she ended up engaged to or dating, (laughs) she liked the type of eggs that they liked. She ate the type of things that they did. And she ended up sort of like copying everything that her partners did. And so part of that movie was her trying all the eggs. Do I like poached eggs? Do I like scrambled eggs? Do I like fried eggs? What kind of eggs do I like? Yeah. So it's like you get to sit there and try all the fucking eggs. Like what do you actually like doing? What actually calls to you? And also evaluating what am I doing in my life that maybe isn't fulfilling me right now? Mm -hmm. And where does that come from? Is that something my friends do? Is that something that I feel my partner does? Or... You know, am I feeling obligated to do this thing in some capacity that doesn't really fill me up? Or are you doing it because you've always done it? Yeah. And it's just the way you do it. Thinking about it. Yeah. I was thinking about this because I I started going backpacking a couple years ago and I loved it. I loved it. And before that, I never would have tried it. And I was just like... I had friends at it and I'm like, don't ever, don't even come come <laughs> my way with that. <laughs> and I mean, I, when I saw you start doing that, I was like, whoa, <laughs> yeah, she, 
Yeah. And now I'm like, I'm going backpacking with my friend next weekend. I love that. Um, and I'm really excited about that because those are that's something that like came into my life. I said yes to it. I was open-minded, which is, you know, rare, but I did. And then I was <laughs> able to find something that was incredible, mm-hmm. that it was very empowering for me to do. It made me feel strong. It made me feel, feel healthy. I got to see things I, you, you can't see if you don't walk there, right? No. Nope. So it's been this thing of, okay, do I want to continue doing this thing that I was doing when I, a couple years ago? No. It may be this thing. So it's reevaluating too. But I think when when we did the like initial recording like a year and a half ago, I was the joy of being me is being unapologetic about my likes and dislikes. And I think I had a hard time upholding myself for the past year or so. But one of the things that I started doing that really unlocked a ton of joy within myself and my body and spirit was dancing. And I like grew up as a Scottish Highland dancer, which is very, there's rules and there's like a specific dance to do. And you have to like point your toy like this and your hand has to be in like this specific hand posture. And you're like, it's just very rigid specific it's very rigid it's very disciplined you have to practice like I went to practice all the time and you do competitions and so when I started taking this it's called body alive which so wait were you a river dancer No, that's Irish. <laughs> I know, I'm kidding. I know. Okay, well, I just want to make sure you know there's a difference. I do know there's a difference. Okay, I I did see Riverdance growing up in Washington. I, it was like incredible. It's like one of the best no, nights of my like, life. No, it's like how do your feet move like that? How? How? That's I, I couldn't do that. No. Well, maybe I could. I don't know. I've never tried it. I mean, you might love it. But you're not Irish, right? You're Scottish. So maybe it's not. Yeah. Yeah, Well, maybe that's what my 40s will be. Kind of. (laughs) Kind of going into this other, this dance class that I started going to, which is like, I think a combination of... uh, what is it called again? It's called Body Alive. Okay. So there's like downward dog twerking. Hell yeah. That's a great position to twerk in. Everything shakes like a shirt. Yeah, should. everything jiggle jiggles. And <laughs> then then it's like twerking and it's like hip stuff. And it's just, it is the most fun. And I went, that's like one of the things that is like induces like buckets of joy. Like sometimes I cry during that class because it's like such an incredible release and it's dark and the music's loud. And literally some of the music is like so raunchy. It's my neck, my back, you know? Yeah. That's what she played today. That was just, (laughs) yeah. Um, And so that has been not only a way for me to like get in touch more with my joy, but my femininity Mm. and actually connecting my body and being like, okay, so what do I have to do to like move my hips? What's blocking that? Yes. (laughs) Like connecting to that. And it's also about like being seen too, because part of me like going into that class was like, I don't want anyone looking at (laughs) me. And now I'm in the front row every time. I don't care, you know? And I did this like really cool thing um, over the weekend with some ladies. And there was like a DJ that came to this. Uh, it's it's not a resort. That's the wrong word. It's like kind of like a retreat type place. Yeah. It's so cool. And there's like a DJ that came and I was just like in front, just like going for it. And it wasn't even dark, which was like the craziest part. It wasn't even dark out yet. <laughs> and so for me, dancing... I think what I'm saying is I feel the most joyful when I'm active and when I'm really in my body. And your body. Yep. Yeah. Because I have spent so much of my life hating my body, mm. not listening to my body, not liking how I look, always trying to change it, yada, yada, yada. And now I'm like, I'm done with that. Yeah. We're done with that stage. I'm done. And I think that just like comes with time and it comes with being willing to do things a different way so I can unlock another part of me. Uh, and that's the joy of being me and not being afraid to show that and allow it to shine through me. Yeah. You you know what I mean? I love that. I do. Especially knowing that journey from Mm -hmm. when I first met you until now, the fact that for those of you who do not know Cecily, the fact that she is dancing in public is (laughs) like, Wow. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah, it's such a cool thing. And so I love that because it is about ownership. And thank you. 
you know, it's about like you're like we were saying, acknowledge even with the emotions that we or the personality traits or things like that. It's like acknowledging where I'm at and like what what my stage is here and how I'm feeling and what my body feels like and loving it regardless. Because I'm me, I'm this. This is the body that I chose to put this soul that is me in. And so why I didn't choose it to hate it. I chose it to explore no. and experience and love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there is something so powerful about dancing, specifically moving your hips and the awakening of that feminine energy. Yeah. Yes. I like always joke. I'm like, there should be a single men waiting outside of that dance class or women. Yeah, whatever you, you know, whatever you, whatever yeah. you like. But just because the energy that comes out of that room is electric. Yeah. Women are on fire. And if that could be something that more women would do, watch out. Watch out. <laughs> in feng shui, it is the age of women starting in February 2024. So for 10 years... Really? We're getting our, actually, I think it's 20 years. For 20 years, we're getting our, um, like, yeah. place. We're getting our, like, yeah, our our Good. place. And you can see it starting to transition. You can see it in, like, how many women mm-hmm. and men, we love you. Trust me, we love you. But um, but we also hate you. <laughs> or at least I do. <laughs> Right now. <laughs> I don't feel that, but I support her in that feeling. Um, Thank you. But uh, there is something about like that there is this process that we're going through about reclaiming our power that has not really been allowed to be as women for a long time. Women have, I think there are more women with master's degrees than there are men at this point. Wow. Getting, that are in universities to get them. Yeah. and. Wow. You know, you see it and how things are shifting and changing and how, like, I am always so stunned and, like, inspired by how intelligent and creative and beautiful women are. And the perspective that we hold and the, like, swiftness that we can make choices and the the softness that we also have. And I do think that it's easier for women in a lot of ways because we are feminine, which is the spiritual intuitive part of all of us, whether you're male, female, or however you identify. The feminine side is the softer yang side. It's the intuitive, deep water side of things. And so that intuition, that spirituality is comes a lot easier for women. And then we're in a world where there is where you have a patriarchal society. So we have been forced into different forms of masculinity to survive. So we, I think, are more adept at bridging that gap between the masculine and feminine and flowing more freely into that. I think that we as a collective can probably maybe practice falling into our feminine and realizing how much power there is there and not leaning so heavily on the masculine portion of it. Um, but I do think it's more difficult for men to, at this point, to accept and Mm -hmm. allow that balance. And for the men that are listening, maybe that's the exploration for you and the joy of being you is like, maybe Mm -hmm. look into how can you explore that yang side, that feminine side of yourself, because it's there. Like, where can you allow more softness in rather than rigidity? Where can you connect more intuitively with things rather than coming from the analytical? Right, right, right. Like where can you pause and basically observe versus coming out with a solution? And the feminine is receiving. Is She's a receiver yeah. too. And so it's how, and maybe for the females that are listening too, how can you lean back in your femininity ah, and receive more? I love that. Instead of getting after it and like going, yeah, the girl boss stuff. Like, we don't have to. (laughs) I love that we did that at some point because we needed to, but we're not in that stage anymore. Like, let's evolve it Mm -mm. into not like girl boss having to rush and hustle and be a man. Like, just be a boss. Yeah, just be a fucking boss. Take the girl out of it. 
enough, enough, and and allow and sit. And I like the visual of a queen sitting on her throne, leaning back and receiving and just, what do you have? I think how we're set up in this world or in our world in the United States too is, well, you have to go after, you have to work hard, you have to go, go, go and get, 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 and like have these values and kind of these instincts that are not natural for us either. Right. So how do you, can you tap in more to your intuitive gifts and how can you lean more into that receptive queen? I like the idea of a a queen and a king too, because a king, depending on who you actually look at. Of course, not not a specific queen. (laughs) Not like actual kings, not, but kind of like the idea of a king. It's not prince, whatever, um, or king. I don't know what's that guy's Charles? name. None of the <laughs> exist. Which one? Yeah, not him. That's not like my ideal man. So <laughs> a man who cheated on Princess Diana and lied to her. Like no. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, he's does. Yeah. Hard pass. But it is kind of holding in your power. And where does that come from? Where does your power come from? Where does your strength come from? It comes from protection. Looking out for people too. Yeah. I mean, and if you think about it, it's like. The queen should. The queen is in touch with the intuitive. The female is in touch with the intuitive. They have the knowing. They have the ability to observe, to see, and to make an informed choice about it. The the masculine, the king, is the one that then takes the action. So the person and the thing mm-hmm. that's really in charge when we're centered and intuitive is the feminine. The masculine needs to be put in its proper place to take the action necessary to get shit done. So it's like recreating, reforming that relationship with those things. Right. And if men can figure that out as a collective, they are going to be a very powerful force too. And I'm saying powerful and not like force destructive energy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because I think that that's, uh, I obviously think that that's where we're at at the moment. And I see so many of my friends and sisters who are so awakened and so attuned and so open-minded. And I want to see that from men. Yeah. Yeah. And I think part of that is allowing the feminine to have a better place in the social structure and to be held with higher regard so that we can create, because we are the ones that create the space for that change. We are. We are the nurturers. We are the holders of that that space. Joseph Campbell, in one of his books and interviews, um, he talks about, I forget which goddess it was, which goddess it was, but there were all these other gods in um in a mythology. It's the god of fire, the god mm-hmm. of lightning, the god of this, the god of that, and this being, this it comes in. And these gods are like, well, wh- what are you? And the thing, the being doesn't say anything. And they're like, well, I'm the god of fire. And then he tries to make fire and he can't make fire in front of this thing. And then the god of lightning comes and says, well, I'm the god of lightning. And he tries to make lightning and he can't in front of this thing. And they're all sitting there going, what the hell is this? And this mystical woman comes. She arrives and she is the holder of, of creation. She is the one that places where these gods, she goes, hey, this is... This is it. This is the thing that gives you the power to create fire. This is the thing, the energy, the force, the power that gives you the ability to make lightning. This is the all being. And so she, as the woman, is the one that is the seer and holder of that wisdom, even for the gods. And I just, I love that because that women produce life from their bodies, they nurture, they care. It's I I think that there is going to be a shift. I hope that it's quicker <laughs> rather than slower. But I think that once that happens to a more feminine focus, whether that means women or just feminine perspective in general, like focus and perspective on s- the societal structure, there will be a space for men to soften and tend to their own wounds in a space that allows that because I, you know, I think as women, we're able to talk about that stuff more with each other and our friends and all of that. And I want that for men Absolutely. too. And men to hold other men accountable for that and not, maybe I'm 
going off in another tangent of my, my personal experience, but it's where is this space and how can men hold that for each other? And yeah, I guess just be more open about it. I agree. I had this interesting experience yesterday. I went to get tacos from this like great taco spot. And, um, I was with my business partner and this girl comes in and her shorts are almost a thong. Like you saw, I would say at least, at least half of her butt cheek. And I'm not exaggerating. It was like when she sat down, her ass was going to be on the chair, like fully on the chair. Um, And that's what it was. But she walks into this space and she buys, you know, she has the nails and the eyelashes and those shorty shorts and it gets tacos and all of that and goes back. And it was so interesting to watch. And I deduced, and this is maybe judgmental or not, but I was thinking like, I wonder... Like, is she, I deduced that she was a sex worker because she had a very expensive car and was dressed in that way, which is often how, because that's part of the job, that's like how it goes, you know? And there's no judgment there whatsoever, but it was so interesting to watch all the men. They had no idea what to do with her body. And I commented on that. I was like, and even me, because I'm looking at it, you know? And I was like, wow. It's so funny that people have no idea what to do with Mm-mm. women's bodies. No. You know, because like no. you can sit there and go, well, she wants it. She wants her ass to be looked at because it's out there. And it's like, but maybe that's like also not it. Like, you know, and I get both arguments of like, if your tits are out, people are going to look at them because like tits are beautiful or whatever, you know, like. But also there's just so much sexuality and desire and ownership and all of that attached to it too, that it's... It makes people very uncomfortable. People don't know what to do with women's bodies. No, that's such a good way to put it too. Should I look? Is that what she wants? Is that what I should be doing? I'm having these thoughts. Like, what does this mean? Da, 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 da. It's like, can she just have her ass out and that's fine? Yeah. I mean, men like walk around without their shirts on at the gym. Or the exactly. And stuff. Their bodies are very normalized. And how they can present themselves. And I don't think that there's very many things. And might I add, you know, men of any shape or weight or size or anything, they will always take their shirt off. They oh, don't no. care <laughs> what they look like. That's just a plug for women to be like, just wear yeah. whatever the fuck you want to because yeah. men do too. And Yeah, shave, don't shave, whatever. <laughs> Who are you trying to impress? But I think the idea is that it's being comfortable enough with yourself to be able to and safe enough too, because I think to wear something like that, you have to feel safe in your body. I don't know. I mean, that's just, I guess for me, that's how I would have to feel and really comfortable and confident in who I am. Right. And there are all different ways that you can look at this, right? Like, cause that's what I was, when I was, before I saw what kind of car she drove and all that sort of stuff, I was sitting there going, huh, I wonder if she's a sex, I like wonder the, the psychology behind it. Is she a sex worker? And then that's like, of course you're going to dress that way. That's part of your job. That's part of like just how you dress on a normal day-to-day basis because your body is the thing that you are selling to some degree. And that's fine. And that's great. And that's your choice. And I support that. Also, is that, or is it something that like, was just a mentality in raised in, right? Is there trauma behind that? Is there all this? And it's like, it's just interesting because I think that it's really kind of offensive and disenchanting to assume that there's trauma because she's chosen to do that. She has daddy issues, right? It's like, or she was wearing like a frumpy outfit. You wouldn't think about what she did for a living or, or if she had trauma or that's the reason she dressed that way. So it's like, it's kind of offensive so it's just, it's so fascinating, the whole psychology around, yeah, femininity and the feminine body and how the feminine body is perceived. And especially in the U.S. I agree. I agree. And I grew up, I mean, we were almost the same age. It's like we grew up having Cosmopolitan and all these magazines in the checkout line when we were like with our moms at the grocery store being like diets and bodies and this and that pleasing, and pleasing your man, man and all this shit. That's like literally what we grew yep. up with. That was implemented in a seed yeah. in our mind. And then there were the token representations of like feminine power, like Murphy Brown, you know yeah. what I mean? Like some of these other like TV things. 
And I mean, I am grateful that those were there, you know, like Angelica's mom. We grew up, I don't know, I grew up with Rugrats. Well, Angelica's Angelica's the mean girl. She's the older mean mean kid. But her mom is a businesswoman and the dad is a stay-at-home dad. And this was in the 90s. You know, and so you can hear some of these things like where the mom, I think there's some quote that's like, if Angelica is going to be successful and function in this patriarchal society, she has to eat, breathe, sleep, and, you know, whatever ooze self-confidence. And so it's like, those are some of the things that I'm so glad that I had, but like, you know, there's that. And then, like you said, there's Cosmo, how to give good head to please your man, how to keep a man, how to do, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. And if you eat a muffin, you better get on the (laughs) treadmill for this amount of time to burn it off. These insane messages we heard, but I like that piece about if she's going to be successful, she has to be confident. And I just want more women to be confident. And so like I found, I in some form found that that girl yesterday empowering. Like, yeah, girl, have your ass out if you want to have it. And they can react how they want to react about it, you know? And, yeah. but it, and just go do your thing. Well, because I think that it just, as women, it can be, oh my God, I can't believe she's wearing that. Or I can't believe like, you know, because maybe their boyfriends yeah. are looking or their boyfriend is looking or whatever. It's, it brings up something in us. Yeah about how women should be, mm-hmm. which is really interesting because yeah, we play a part in this. No matter how like, no matter how woke <laughs> we are, we, we can still like look at these things and be like, Oh my God, I can't believe she's wearing that. I was at like this steamboat rodeo a couple weeks ago and there was a girl wearing the shortest dress and she didn't give a flying F you know? And she was like bent over and move going upstairs and dancing and like, families were looking at it, you know, everyone looking back at this woman. And it's like, what does she represent that is so scary, threatening or scary to us? Yeah, no, I know. I love that. And it's like, and also (laughs) to share like on my side, I don't wear bras that much. And I, I mean, you know this, (laughs) I hardly ever wear bras and I'm (laughs) fully fine with like flashing people um, if they want to see them. But there is like there is a part of me that sometimes is like, oh, should I be wearing this white shirt where you can kind of see my nipples through? Am I going to be – there is a part that that still comes up for me. Like, am I going to be judged? Is this professional? Is this whatever? And it's like, why does – why is not sh- – I mean, of course not showing – like showing your nipples is not professional, but also why? Yeah. And also – I have to go back to this. Do men think about clothing and how they present themselves in the same terms as women do? And no, no, they don't. But we have been taught that we need to pay attention to that because, and it represents who we are and what our intentions are and like all this stuff. Yeah. For our own safety and success. Safety. Ooh, that's a good one because what we do is often why men will react a certain way and then it's it's our fault fault. because you're wearing those shorts where I can see your ass. So of course somebody's going to think they can grab it. And it's like, (laughs) what? Or comment on it, you know? So it's like, not only are we have to watch ourselves and be careful about what we wear or do or say, or uh, even like this idea of being a woman who goes hiking or backpacking. And I know my dad is going to say this before I leave next week and you got to be careful, you know? And it's like, why? Because yeah, men, because I'm, because men make spaces unsafe yeah. for women, and now I'm supposed to like have to know how to like. <laughs> yeah, I'm the one that has to change and be fearful and and accommodate that. Yeah, why don't you guys get yeah. your shit together? <laughs> no, it's true. It's absolutely true. I do too. It's so true. It's so true. And this is like doesn't have much to do with any. Well, I mean, I guess it all kind of has to do it because it's in order to connect to yourself and who you are and be comfortable. It's the joy and the magic of who you are. You have to have a certain amount of yeah. confidence. Our, I'm sorry. Our society does not want that. No, because women with fully empowered women are a force. And they're a threat. Yeah, they are a Force to be reckoned with. Fully empowered women have all the control. They have all of it. Yeah. I mean, that's... It doesn't come from a place of wanting to be destructive, put people down or be above other people or make their decisions either, which is how I view more of the masculine in this 
powerful space of yeah. power and control. That's not what women are about, typically. That's not a feminine thing. It's not power and control. It's a very yes. male. Well, here's... Okay, so I love okay. this distinction in a book called Power Versus Force by David Hawkins. I think it's David. Yeah. I have it. I haven't read it. He makes a distinction between power, which is a higher level like an empowered person. It's an internal thing that you exude and have versus trying to force something. So like different emotions are more empowered and other emotions are more in force. And so I think that disaligned masculine energy can be very much force energy. And disaligned feminine energy can be manipulative and force energy. I don't know that disaligned is a word. It's probably misaligned, but I prefer dis. Misaligned? Yeah. Dis ain't working. <laughs> dis ain't fucking working and dis ain't right. This ain't the right word, Katie. It's like yeah. Michael Scott. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, dis or misaligned. Um, misaligned <laughs> energy is, it's like when both the masculine and the feminine are in higher vibrations, they are power. They are power. And so there's no control that's happening. There's no like battle for it that's happening. It's just an exuding of power and beauty and light. Amen. Yeah. And one thing that that I really loved that my shaman and, and mentor told me once was there's there are these two mountains in Peru. And I, I wish I had the names of them, but I don't. But there are these two mountains, and one of them they consider a feminine mountain, and the other one they consider a masculine mountain. Now, the feminine mountain is higher. It's taller. And the masculine is wider and more close to the ground. And they see it that way because, like, the masculine within each of us is supposed to create, like, safety, security, and support for the feminine to come out and express itself fully. Mm. And if we can learn to do that internally and then subsequently do that societally, how beautiful of a space is that? Because then we can, like, if we, all of us, male, female, biological, can learn to like have that fluidity, then we can be feminine can be the females can be in the masculine and masculine can be in the feminine. And we can learn to have and strive that strike that balance to support each other. But we have to like see them properly to do that. You know, so maybe this episode is more about like the the joy of being you and like your femininity, you know? We did record an episode was that was about the masculine and the feminine, and we never released it because it was something that was messed yeah. up with audio. So it's we're kind of doing both at, at the, the same time, same time which wasn't a plan at all, but it works together so perfectly. And I also want to correct something I said. I mean, I said that in this day and age in America, especially in our country, women are not viewed equally or in their power and beauty. But I also acknowledge that there's like a lot of other countries that are yeah yes like Iran and India so I I just wanted to to circle back and acknowledge that because I know that that's true and I think what I have a hard time grasping is like this is the land of the free and the brave you know the brave and that this is like the freest country in the world whatever and quote yeah there's still so much suppression of the feminine yeah because it is so powerful I mean I think as an American right as a U.S. citizen I have so much honor and gratitude in my country. And I am patriotic. But for me, that also means like, like I said, which is my personality, being able to like also have judgment and direct feedback and honest feedback about it. And so I feel that 100% where, of course, I'm so grateful for the opportunities that I have here in this space, in this country. And I very much acknowledge that there are other places that it is far worse for women and how right. upsetting that is, that that is in existence. And at the same time, I have higher hopes and desires for my country of birth. I have expectations, you know, I mean, expectations are have a negative connotation in the spiritual realm, but it's also a way to like set boundaries and ask for things that you need. And I have expectations of my country that is not, that aren't being met about how a lot of things are going. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's the more that we balance the feminine and the masculine, the freer everyone 
will be. I I know that not everyone thinks that. No, of course not. But But that's that's the joy. That's the joy of exploring yourself is exploring both of those sides, all parts. All parts. All parts are okay. So our invitation to you this week is to try something new. Try a new exercise class. Uh, Try a new restaurant. Try a new activity. A new hobby. And maybe take inventory of like something that you're doing that maybe isn't fulfilling you and see why you're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, a couple years ago when I lived in Denver, I didn't have nearly the amount of hobbies that I have now and it's fulfilling. It's very cool. And, uh, yeah. So what's something new that you can explore? Because I find that the more I try new things or I'm open-minded, even though I say no a lot, I tap more into like who I am and what my likes and dislikes are. And maybe, and that's, yeah. And maybe even like, look at it in regard to masculine and feminine. Like what's an activity that maybe requires you to do something that's maybe more masculine when you're not really used to that, which is maybe mountain biking or doing something that's like, Mm. I don't know, more fiery and action-based. And then for the opposite, like if you do a lot of fiery action-based things, maybe, maybe to explore this other side and try and find joy in it, we're asking you to do something more feminine, like take a nice long bath, like dance. Yeah. Or a dance class. Yeah. I, I, a lot of activities I do are masculine. So that's probably why I love my dance class so much too, because it allows me to tap into a different side of myself. Mm. So yeah, report back. Let us know. You can reach us. And we're going to yeah, do the same. We'll do the same. You can reach us via DM on Instagram. You can find us on our website. Uh, intothemagic.com. And our Instagram handle is at intothemagic with a K at the end. And yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Until <laughs> next time, stay in the magic.